This is Alex Wojcicki with the Rural Radio Network. Join me every other Thursday for the Angler Entrepreneurship Journey. We hear from entrepreneurs from across the state to learn about their businesses, but more importantly, we learn about their journeys and how they got to where they are today. Interested in entrepreneurship? Join us to learn more about the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln every other Thursday at 1219 right here on 880-KRVN. And if you missed the program, you can listen to the podcast at ruralradio.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield broadcasting from Kansas City. The National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention is set to get underway. Joining us via phone, Sam Hudson with Corn Belt Marketing. And I, I jokingly, when we started out here, I said, well, it's kind of like a turnaround Tuesday. And you said, well, kind of. And I think that really does set the tone because, you know, yesterday we saw such lower numbers, Sam. And today we see some positive, but there's not a lot of excitement in this grain complex. No, there isn't. I think, uh, you know, coming out of the weekend, we didn't have any fresh news. Over the weekend, you had a report last week that was generally bearish, uh, at least not bullish. We we didn't see, uh, you know, the yield decline in soybeans like I would have expected. So I, I think you have to expect the harvested acres yield in the January report come down. But that there again, here, here lies another problem with the trade here over the next month is we do have another... Uh, USD report in December, but we will not see a, uh, a production cut. So we could see demand cut further here before the end of the year, uh, but we got to wait till January to see those production cuts if they're going to happen. And of course, you know, the breadth and depth of those are still left to be seen. And then, uh, you know, even with the early freeze event with the corn, it, it may be hard to measure some of that until we get into our stocks report next year. And by then it won't matter. I was going to say, at this point, at what point do you guys just say, okay, we're done with this. It's time to move forward and focus on 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we, we've hit that. I, I kind of hit that mentality in August, really, personally. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we knew that there was going to be some measured recovery. I think we saw that back to the $4 level. I think we kind of go into our normal season pattern where we kind of get into the winter doldrums and a range-bound trade. Uh, I don't know that, you know, bases have to completely fall out. But keep in mind, you know, we'll see where uh, crop progress is in terms of harvest uh, progression in corn uh, this afternoon since the government was closed yesterday. Um, but there's still a decent amount of crop out there to be harvested yet. And the fact that we haven't had this big push, basis hasn't really fallen apart. Um, but we do need to take this December contract off the board in a month in. And there could be still a decent amount of old crop green that had basis set on it, was delivered, and, and may still not be priced. And I think that's going to be the you know, the push and pull effect we see over the next couple weeks. You know, in reality, we shouldn't be surprised that there's a lot of harvest. I noticed that just driving from my place in Butler County over into what we saw, you know, coming down into Missouri. There's a lot of corn out there. Yeah, a lot of corn, and, and it has stayed, you know, wet. Uh, we, we've had a couple of snow systems. We cut three or, four, three or four inches of snow in this area here, uh, you know, yesterday, and it's cold today. going to take a day to melt that off, and once it melts, it'll probably be greasy enough. I'm not sure guys will even go tomorrow. So um, it looks like the forecast is a little bit better. We've got a chance maybe Wednesday, Thursday for a little bit of snow slash rain. Um, and then as we get into the back half of November, it looks like the temperatures are going to be a little bit more normal. So we may be able to finally kind of finish up with that, uh, save for the northern plains where they're going to be dragging on with that probably well into year end. You know, we were used to, to some guys not getting a chance to get in the fields until November. But for a big chunk of the country, this is a little out of the norm. 
It, it certainly is. Yeah, those guys up in Dakotas, I mean, they, they deal with that. It's not too uncommon uh, when you get into those regions or parts of northern Minnesota. Um, but, you know, as many crops that were planted in June, um, you know, a lot of that moisture uh, just was not down in the corn yet, and they had to wait, and now it's just been slow going in between weather systems. So I think ultimately we'll still bring the crop in um, along the way here. I think we have to expect that the, you know, the weather that we've seen, the longer we drag on here, uh, could create more of a yield drag in time. But uh, demand has been falling at a faster rate, and that has been the concern with the trade. And it feels like that's what the corn market is, is, is looking for, is that export demand. Well, export inspections showed a bit of improvement, so maybe there's a little bright spot. It's a little bit of an improvement. I think what we, you know, what I've personally been kind of waiting on is, is we got to fill the domestic pipeline, um, or at least have the ability to fill that before we can even have it make sense to move any bushels downstream. The interior processor bid has just been cannibalized and all that demand because it doesn't make sense to send it anywhere else. And in the meantime, Brazil continues to uh, take advantage of the, the export capabilities that they have with their big supplies. And now it just becomes a matter of time. You know, how quickly can we kind of get back in, into the fold again with exports? You know, do we continue to see weakness in the dollar to help bolster that? Uh, ultimately, it's going to be you know prices that are going to have to stimulate that demand. Hopefully, we can have that happen before year end. Well, you look to the south, and South America is really doing a lot of banking that they're going to be able to uh, keep that demand from China coming their way. Yeah, and, and that's a big uh, concern at the onset of this trade war was uh, you know the supply chains not only being disrupted but uh, you know being you know changed forever. It's kind of like uh, you know. It, compared to the floods. You know, you see a 100-year flood, sometimes there's uh, bodies of water or tributaries that may change course and may never go back. And, and I think ultimately we will get a decent chunk of that back. Keep in mind it is a world market. Anytime there's a production problem, you know, you're still going to kind of have that uh, adjustment. Um, but, uh, you know, don't mistake. I mean, if uh, these foreign countries like China in particular are putting a lot of money and investment into infrastructure, uh, you know, to serve their own needs, they're certainly going to use it. What are you seeing when it comes to their planting progress, though, in South America? Because they've had some weather issues as well. Yeah, they were trying to start off, which delayed uh, delayed seeding uh, out of fear of uh, you know poor germ. Uh, they've kind of caught up to it's still behind normal, but uh, moving forward. And if anything, of late in parts of Brazil, they've had maybe excessive moisture. But keep in mind that's typically not a, a problem. <laughs> you know, when we're talking about too much too much rain. I mean, can you wash them out? Yeah. Um, but obviously the bigger problem would be if we had a, a lasting drought and that was kind of the way things got kicked off. Uh, keep in mind, either way, it still seems a little too early to have a lot of risk premium down there either way just because of the stage that the crop is in. Um, but we can't sit here and bang the drum about the continued dryness as they go into the more critical patterns. It's going to have to develop, uh, you know, when it happens. Are we here in the U.S. grasping at straws, though, that they might see some struggles this year? Uh, it feels like that. I mean, especially when you come out of 2019 and what we saw, um, to sit here and hang your hat on a production problem to, to help uh, change things. I mean, I think we need a bit of a production problem just to raise our premiums enough to make us competitive again. I think that's just the start of it. Um, you know, especially when you look, you know, consider that we're going to have, you know, an extra 10 million acres, uh, you know, to go towards corn and beans that we didn't have this year because of the weather. And that's going to continue to be factored in as guys start looking at 2020, wondering, are they going to be able to get into some of these fields that they didn't get uh, planted or even harvested this year? Certainly, and that could leave the open door for, you know, in parts of the country where you can have that flexibility, go to corner beans, um, you know, what's the availability of, uh, of uh, you know, the product, what's the price of it, and can you get it applied? And, you know, who knows? We could be putting anhydrous on all December. If we have the below normal temps now, maybe we'll be above normal then. A lot can happen between now and then, but uh, certainly something to be, you know, keeping an eye on. Stick around, folks. We've got more coming up on this Tuesday. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network.
KRVN was founded on the need for great weather reporting, so we keep our eye on the sky to bring you up-to-the-minute developments presented by Skeeter Barnes, the best beef and barbecue around, with locations in Kearney and Columbus, and by American Family Insurance, serving Lexington and Kearney. When weather becomes a threat, you need a fast response, and you get it on air, social media, on our app, and on time. Keep it right here for weather, the Rural Radio Storm Center, and 880-KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We can continue our conversation with Sam Hudson. Let's talk about the basis out there. We know that there are some co-ops, some plants that have had to take a stop in, in receiving crops because, one, they're short on propane or they just got so much coming in they can't keep up with the drying factor. Does that do any changing to the basis? Uh, it can at times. It kind of depends on uh, on timing and the local situations. It shouldn't be a, a complete catastrophe there. I think the bigger problem that one might have in basis is just that, you know, as I mentioned, we still got a pretty decent chunk of corn to harvest. It looks like we could get four or five days to kind of get good work done. And anything that's been uh, recently harvested before the snow and but hasn't been moved around might find its way to market. It, essentially what I'm saying is there's more readily available supplies than what we had even 35 or 45 days ago. Uh, when moisture levels were still 30% plus and guys were just kind of nosing into it. So uh, I think the you know, corn basis should remain relatively firm. If we crash this market into the end of the month from a future standpoint, then that basis may actually even try to get a little firmer yet. But I think you're going to go to that range-bound look. I think the one that really is, uh, has offered a little bit more opportunity maybe here in the short term, depending on what market you're in, uh, is the bean basis. And I realize out west, uh, it, you know, there hasn't been quite as much of a move there, especially on the local level, uh, unless you're on, near a crushing facility, because there's just no demand out of the Pacific Northwest. And if we get some from China or, or be it anywhere else, the gold values are just a lot cheaper. So I don't know if there's a immediate need to really jump those bids, but if that's something that you've seen locally, uh, definitely give that a look, especially if there's commercial storage involved. Because as mentioned, we have no idea where China will be here 35, you know, excuse me, 30, 45 days from a demand standpoint and what they'll get done with the trade. Uh, if they can't come to anything, it's still quite possible we see uh, U.S. move forward with tariffs here in December. And what would that something like that set the tone for this market? Well, I think the concern that comes then is, is, you know, you look at market mechanics, you look at the fact that funds are long beans, you look at the fact that the producer, uh, you know, probably still have, will, will have a pretty decent chunk of them on farm. And, you know, if you think about how much we've carved out of the supply side on beans, it's just, it's just almost mind-boggling. I think you still have, you know, 100 to 150 million more cut out, but you're talking about the difference of a billion bushels, basically, from where we started at the beginning of the year and now. Um, and, and to sit here and think that we still need demand to, to continue to support our markets is, is just a stark reality. And, and I don't think we can expect any uh, weather woes like we experienced in 2019 to happen again in 2020. If it does, then the uh, Lord be with us all. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Uh, pressure from USMCA and these China trade talks going to continue to be factored yeah, in? I, yeah, and that's just a tough thing. I mean, the politics and all of this, trying to time that out, what it's actually going to end up being, um, you know, China specifically, it's just, you know, by the time we finally get this phase one deal, if it happens at all, you wonder if it'll even matter if they will have already scooped up all the beans they need and they'll be unrolling their hedges by then, um, you know, as they just kind of buy what they need. But, yeah, pushing USMCA through, uh, you know, anything we can get is great, but we still need to be competitive uh, even if it gets done. Jump over to the livestock side. We know that Tyson made the announcement this morning that the Holcomb, Kansas plant should be up and running in the next 60 days. Cattle market, for the most part, has done okay since this plant went down. Are we going to see some added pressure? I mean, they didn't go limit up for like three or four days, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, I think uh, from a fundamental standpoint, I think you've priced a, a pretty good chunk into the market, and you've got funds, you know, that flipped from 
know, pretty sizable shorts to uh, pretty sizable long positions now. And again, short term fundamentally, can we totally crash this market? Probably not. Um, I think it bears watching, though, from from a hedging standpoint and where your margins are. I think you just got to keep an eye on that. Um, and if we can bottom this corn market here sometime in the next 30 days, if we do find some of that export demand and maybe get a trade deal, uh, maybe the feeders finally level off as well and the market can then find a, you know more of a reliable range. But when you look at beef prices and look at uh, you know the entire dynamic, it's hard to get real bearish. I think you'll have some uh, you know pretty moderate support on breaks. It's just trying to figure out where we can make a top. Sam, is there any nervousness of cattle weights continue to pick up? Uh, you know, this cold weather isn't going to help anything in the short term. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the way prices have been, uh, people are going to have to be content with, with something. I, I don't know. I, I see always bigger risks in that when the market starts moving lower because they're always waiting for a better day. I think if prices continue to gradually rise, I don't think it's going to be something that really weighs on the market. Um, if the market makes a top and moves lower, it may not be because of that. It may be because of other factors that are already at bay. Well, we've seen a few bids uh, being talked about in the countryside, but is it going to be a push to Friday? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see late week trade. I think you want to see, uh, you know, what things look like here by Thursday after this cold weather moves through and we get some warm temps back in again and uh, can just get everyone a little more comfortable with moving around again. What about for the hogs? Any thoughts on the way their market traded today? Um, you know, I actually like the, uh, you know, look at that February chart. You know, so much of this has depended on, though, on these, uh, the time frames in which, in which China's purchasing, if they're purchasing at all. Um, you know, we've been continuing to kind of, you know, wind up the, uh, hog production here in the U.S. in anticipation that we're going to see this big move from ASF, and they are continuing to battle that. But, you know, when we see these, you know, large purchases and the timing of them, the breadth and depth, you know, all that is still in question. Um, so when you have, you know, pretty good opportunities there to lock in margins, I would be doing that even if it's, uh, you know, done by using options to leave yourself, uh, you know, backdoor open on, on your production. Definitely something to consider as we move forward here. All right. Lots of great things to think about in today's market. And we head into a Wednesday. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sam? 1-800-655-3380 or go to com. And, of course, don't forget you can follow Sam on Twitter as well. That's a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget you can pick this up as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.